Yeah, as I kind of mentioned this morning, um, a little bit different of a morning, uh, kind of considered a missions Sunday um, because I not only do um, we as a church support Byron Bible Camp, um, but I know many of you do as well, not just financially, but um, with your prayers and with your encouragement um, to the Dubas and the ministry that they do. So we're going to start off with Jav and John come up and share about um, the summer that they've had. And uh, once he's done, um, Caitlin is going to come up and share a little bit about a trip she took to Thailand a few months ago. Thank you very much. Um, first of all, what I'd like to do is just start with a word of prayer and just ask God to bless our time together. Father, thank you so much that we can be here in this house. And thank you for uh, what you're going to teach us this morning. And Father, I just pray that you would use each one who shares and just pray that you'd guide us as we talk about what you have done in our lives and what you've done in others. In Jesus' name, amen. What I'd like to do is have everybody stand that was a part of camp in some way this summer. You were a counselor, you worked at camp, you volunteered. Anybody that did that, just stand up, okay? Could you do that? Very good. All of you, we cannot do it without you. And so I appreciate that and uh, encourage you in that. Do we have any kids here? You can sit down. Any kids here who came to summer camp, would you stand? Okay, there's some up there in the balcony and several here. Thanks for coming to camp. You guys are awesome in every way. I'm going to have all the counselors who are going to share. I'm going to have you come and, and sit right up here in front so that you're ready to go. So counselors, just come right up here in front where you're going to be uh, ready to go when the time comes. Let me just share uh, one thing that was really difficult about this summer, and it's been difficult for all of us for the, about the past six months, is that crazy COVID virus, okay? And so some people have asked, why did you have camp this summer in the midst of all of that? And I will tell you that it was a very, very difficult decision. But two factors really came into my mind, and there's many others. But the first one is that what is Byron Bible Camp's purpose? Our purpose is to share the gospel with the lost, to have kids come to camp so they can encounter Jesus Christ, so that people can, kids can be discipled and grow in their faith. And I said to myself, we are not going to be able to do that if we don't have camp this summer. So I was looking at the big picture of what our purpose was. The second thing that really influenced me a lot was the fact that it, amongst kids today, they are not getting the virus. And I am so thankful for that. You know, they're not even being diagnosed with it. And we felt like because most of the kids that we we're going to be reaching out to this summer were very young, they were not in a critical situation. And so that really helped. Basically, me and my wife, who were the older ones there, we were the ones that were, you know, more in danger than anybody. But we are just so glad that people decided to come. And we understand that some people decided not to come. And uh, that is okay, too. And we just... We just pray that uh, you'll join us next year um, at camp. So what I want to do next is I'm going to show some pictures and um, let's see if I can make this thing work. There we go. And I'm not going to talk a lot about these pictures, but a lot of these pictures have to do, you'll see people from our church in these pictures. So here's probably a, a cabin group or a team that's together. And this is our obstacle course. You can see kids doing that this summer. And this is our crazy counselors getting ready probably for like hide and seek or some kind of outdoor game at night. 
And uh, here's uh, some kids sharing at camp. Um, and that's just really neat how the kids stepped up and shared this summer. Um, and here's some other activities. We're outside a lot this summer. There's a zip line. I did not even know that picture existed, but that thing around them must be to protect them when they fall. Um, this looks like they're either getting ready for the climbing wall or a giant swing. I'm not sure which one that is. And um, there's some horses there and stuff that we had. And um, this was a really neat deal. We had a special meal um, where it was an Italian meal and the counselor served the campers. That was kind of a special event that we had. Here's shaving cream hairdos and some more kids just having fun. You can see that the social distancing did not really exist at summer camp. And here are them doing their crafts. They're doing uh, stepping stones. And here is uh, the gang getting prepared for music. And this is just us goofing off. And here's that shaving cream hairdos again. And you can see some kids from our, our church. This is a special event that we do um, called Bombardier Run, and they're throwing uh, sponges at these boxes. And here are the kids during chapel with their Bibles open, and that's what's really cool about camp. We get to open our Bibles a lot. And this was our special meal, too, and you can see the, a lot of the counselors there dressed up to serve. Um, here's, a, again, another uh, opportunity that we had for chapel. And this was... I think a skit they were doing. And here's some more kids at camp. They're sitting on a picnic table, a cabin group or something. And this is them out on the lake. This is the fishing dock. So this is some kids fishing at camp. And we also had wrestling camp. And that's our gymnasium um, with all the wrestling mats. And here's some more chapel and speakers sharing. And this is me probably preparing them for a special event, kind of give the guidelines. And this was something I never even saw happen, but they were playing hockey in chairs, rolling chairs. And behind there was our nine square in the air. Here's another chapel time, worship time. That one's a, kind of a tough one to see. Okay, this looks like it's down in the craft room where they're doing crafts. And this is a slip and slide we did. And uh, this looks like it was a skit that we did. I think that's all of them. Okay, so we showed those just so you can kind of see that we had lots of fun and what we did. And uh, I know we're not really having a message this morning, but I wanted to share with you um, the theme that we had for this summer at camp. And, the theme at camp this summer was called Stepping Up, and we studied the book of 1 Peter. And, um, and it was really good to study Peter. And I, write, I like studying Peter because um, he was one of the you know, most loved uh, disciple. And uh, we got to talk about lots of things about Peter. We got to see his faults as he denied Jesus three times, as he fell asleep when Jesus asked them to pray. And we were able to look at those things and say, hey, even though I fail, um, God can use me. And he used Peter in a mighty way. And then we studied the book of uh, 
First Peter, and I'm just going to read a few verses from First Peter, and one of uh, them gives us a theme in First, or gives us um, some things about uh, how we should live. And it says, "But just as He who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy, because I am holy." And this was really a neat thing that we could emphasize at camp, that we are to be holy or set apart. And that's true for each one of us. We need to realize that God calls us to be holy. He calls us to be set apart and follow him. And then um, our theme verse is found in verse 21 of chapter 2. And this is what it says there. It says, To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. And I don't know if you noticed in that first verse I read, it also talked about being called. And God calls each one of us. We hear that voice as we hear a message at church. We hear that voice as we uh, study God's word and as we pray. And uh, God has called each one of us and he has made an example for us and that he was willing to suffer and then die and then leaving us an example that we should follow in his steps. So you're not to follow my examples. The campers at camp are not supposed to follow the example of the counselors. They're supposed to walk in Jesus' steps. And that's what we need to have um, something in our life every day is that we need to be thinking about how I can walk in Jesus' steps. And then I'm going to read one other verse here. In 1 Peter chapter 4, in verse 8, it says, Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gifts he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in various forms. And here he talks about how we are to love each other. And if there's ever one characteristic that we are to develop in our life um, is to be people that love and forgive. And uh, this is one another emphasis of our summer camp is that we were able to talk to the kids about really loving um, each other. So I'm going to share one more story. And uh, then I'm going to have Caitlin come up and share. Um, this summer was a challenge because of the coronavirus, and so I felt a little stressed. And I felt very stressed on a Wednesday morning when we woke up and three people came to me and said they were sick. Well, I will tell you that I never sent people home so quick in all my life, okay? So I was on the phone, called these parents, said, will you please come pick, pick them up? And, um, and so then also in the midst of that, one of the people that was sick was the speaker's daughter. And the speaker was quite concerned too, and so they packed up and left. So here we are on Wednesday morning, and we do not have a speaker for the rest of the week. And all of a sudden, I just pointed out to the counselors, I said, if anybody would like to share, if anybody has something that God would like, you know, use God that you have something, um, we'd like you to share. And I will tell you that sometimes you just feel so overwhelmed with things. And then God takes and picks up all the pieces and puts them all together. And we had counselors and we had uh, staff and we had, you know, people there that said, hey, you know what? I do have something to share. I could do one of those chapels. And we had people share their testimonies, and it was just a very fruitful time. And so, again, God took a very difficult situation and, uh, and made it good. And you know what? All three of those people that got sick, 
they, uh, they were fine. In fact, they didn't even get tested for the virus because they didn't have enough symptoms, but we were awfully scared at the moment. But it was neat to see God step up and do great things. So I'm going to ask Caitlin to come and share a little bit. Um, so I just have a few highlights, but um, the first thing I want to share is that this summer it felt, especially at the beginning, that I was just standing back and watching God do it all. Like I, I was like, who, what parents are going to let their counselors going to, or let their kids come counsel at camp? And I have had, I've never had so many counselors, <laughs> and it was awesome. So um, one verse that I was reminded of again and again. Um, is from 1 Corinthians 3. It says, What after all is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord assigned each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but it has been God making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the waterer is anything. It is only God who makes it grow. And that's so true at camp. We're just there to water and plant. We're really nothing. <laughs> it is God who does it. And I was so obvious this summer from everything that happened, from all the kids that gave their life to the Lord. It was really God. So um, a few of my highlights. Um, on Wednesdays, we had Around the World Day. And so we got to just in many different ways, um, share about different cultures. Lots of counselors have talked about mission trips they've been on. Um, Jake Boomsma came and shared his testimony, talked about Holland, which was really cool. Um, we had a fancy Italian dinner you saw. We had a Mex Mexican fiesta. We tried chopsticks, made lots of messes. So that was really cool. Um, I just, a lot, of, a lot of those days I felt really small. Man, God has a very big world and a lot of beautiful people in it, and I'm very small. Um, definitely the top thing is just the counselors that come to camp. We had over 45 volunteer counselors, then I feel like we got the best of the best. <laughs> they really know how to share their faith and live it out. And they create a really cool community to be a part of. I always want them to stay as long as possible and hang out. Um, wrestling camp we had again this summer. And um, one of the really cool things about wrestling camp is that last year the clinicians came from SDSU and they gave their lives to the Lord, which was awesome. And they're really involved with the kids and um, want to do everything, and they came back again this summer, and you could just see that they know the real deal when they see it in our counselors and in our speaker, and they want to be a part of it. Um, and a big shout out to Sold Out, who set up all the wrestling mats. It would have taken us two weeks to set them all up if they hadn't come, so that was awesome. Um, basically, I just wanted to thank you for praying for us, and I don't think we're going to forget for a very long time how faithful and kind God was to us the summer of COVID, so... Um, Faith is next. Faith was literally at every camp this summer. She helped set up wrestling mats. She helped at family camp. She's a trooper. Okay, so yeah, my name is Faith Nelson. I'm guessing most of you know me. But so like she said, I helped out at Junior Plus camp and Junior camp and a day of day camp and really whenever else I could come because I do love coming to camp in the summer. So I was just super unhappy that we got to have camp this summer because I was really unsure that we were because of COVID and everything going on. And I really didn't know what I was going to do with my summer if we didn't have camp because that's like, I don't know, more than half of my summer is spent at camp. So I was really happy that we got to have it. And I feel like this year I really stepped it up. Well, I shouldn't say I didn't step it up. God really pushed me to try new things. And that happened especially at junior camp. And 
while I was there that week, I gave my testimony. Ethan and I emceed at the talent show, which was quite the experience. Um, I played keyboard for worship, which I ended up loving. And I also went on runs in the morning, which I'd never done before, but you know, it wasn't that bad. And <laughs> all of these things I never thought I'd really do at camp, but I ended up doing them. And there was God like still pushing me out of my comfort zone, even when I didn't really expect it. And I learned a couple of things while I was at camp this summer. And when I thought about it, about what, was I, what I was going to share, a couple of things stuck out to me. And one of them is that opportunities are right in front of us, but they can be super easily missed. And I thought, think of a story when we, it was one night where we were at the gym and we were playing blacklight dodgeball. And I happened to glance over and there was this little girl sitting on the side by herself. And I could have easily gone and just played another game, which I would have felt more comfortable doing rather than go sitting next to her and starting up a conversation, you know, but that's what I decided to do. So I went over and I sat by her and we talked for a little bit and she ended up telling me like a lot about her life and a lot of what she'd gone through and what she still is going through. And a lot of it was super sad and um, I didn't really know what to say. And, but it was incredible to me how strong she was like through all of it like even though everything she was going through and everything she had gone through like she's an incredibly strong little girl and it absolutely amazed me and at the end of the week she ended up telling us um, at the campfire when we were inside because it rained that night but um, she told us that she accepted Jesus into her life um, by the end of the week and so that was really awesome and it was really encouraging and comforting to know that even though what she's going through like she has Jesus now to help her through all of it. And the second one is, is what I learned like after we set up all the wrestling mats and for wrestling camp that weekend. And we were all just sitting in a circle and we were kind of sharing like what we'd learned over camp that summer, um, what God was like telling us and stuff. But one person spoke up and they wished that they had knew this while they were in high school is what they said. And so as soon as they said that, like, I'm a high schooler, so I'm like, I should probably listen, you know? Like, well, I listened to all of it, but it's like, this could really apply to me. And what she said, she said that we shouldn't just live to be good people, but we should live to share Jesus. And that really stuck out to me, and it really convicted me, because in high school, like, it's kind of hard to bring up Jesus with the people who are in my class, and it's kind of scary, and like, I don't know, I just kind of always been scared to do it. But when she said that, like, I've realized that I've kind of just been living to be a good person. Like, they know I'm a good person, they know I'm a Christian, and they realize it, but I'm not really taking that next step and really sharing Jesus with them. And so I decided I challenged myself to share Jesus with them now and do my best to make sure, like, that they know, like, this is what they can have and this is who they can be. Because we as believers have eternity to look forward to with Jesus. And that's a really awesome gift and something that it's really incomparable and keeping it to myself really is kind of selfish and um, not sharing it with them and having them not be able to look forward to the same thing that we get to look forward to is just kind of wrong and so I decided that I'm going to do my best this year to share Jesus with the people at my school and so yeah that's kind of what I learned over the summer I guess. <laughs> Uh, hi, I'm Ethan Nelson. Uh, most of you probably know me. I'm Faith's brother. Uh, this year, this summer, I got to go to Lake Byron a lot more than I think I have ever before. And, you know, it's just a lot of fun. My grandma lives on the lake, so I love hanging out there. 
but I also love hanging out at camp. So those are two, the top two places I like to go on the lake. And that's about the only thing I like to do when I'm there. So uh, I got to go to teen camp, uh, which was really a lot of fun. Uh, there was a great speaker there. And I actually was able to connect with him pretty well because he's my, one of my uncle's uh, good friends. So it was really cool getting to know about him and that. And also I got to go to junior camp and wrestling camp as a counselor. And those were really uh, great experiences for me. Uh, I got to do that last year as well. Uh, but at junior camp, uh, I, I guess, I don't know if I was lucky or I don't know. I don't know if I'd call us lucky, but I had three, three kids in my cabin. And I mean, I mean, it's not whole much, a whole lot of work, you know? You got three kids, uh, they're pretty easy to keep track of, and you know, that's that. And, but I got to, and I was also a counselor in that room with Elijah Hamilton. I don't know if you, uh, some of you might know him, but uh, when we did small groups after chapels, there's only three of them, and I, you know, this is kind of be kind of, you know, weird, and, because there's only three of them, they don't know. It's just going to be quiet. So we, we uh, combined with the room across the hallway, and they probably had like six kids. So we had a really good group there, and uh, we had some really good discussions with them after chapels. Uh, an example of that is this one kid, he asked, uh, why is, why is uh, a loving and good God uh, kill people like he did and punish people like, like he's done in the Old Testament? And, you know, uh, like two or three weeks before that, actually, Dad was preaching, and he said that question. He said, it's such a hard question to, to like, think about, because, you know, you have the, the, the wrathful God, the, the punishing God of the Old Testament that drove those people out for the Israelites to come in, but then you have the loving Jesus in the New Testament, and, you know, how is, how is that the same person? And with uh, me and Elijah... We're able to explain that well to him, I think, because I guess God put that message for my dad to uh, come to me just for those few weeks later, and I think I was really able to um, just explain that to the best of my ability, and I think uh, Elijah did a really good job. He's, he's pretty smart with that kind of stuff, too. So, uh, And also, at wrestling camp, we had this uh, a guy named Jeff Safford. Uh, he was... I think he was a perfect fit for that because, I mean, he wasn't a wrestler, but, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's been in athletics most of his life, and he really knows how to connect with young kids, and he can really speak to them really well. And at wrestling camp, he, he talked to these kids about having a soul of a champion. S stands for surrender, O stands for ownership, U is unity, and L stands for love. And, you know... Like every chapel, he'd he'd uh, use that. I don't know what you call it. You know, but <laughs> he say he talk about the soul of a champion every single chapel, and then I'd ask at uh during small groups I'd ask him, or he'd kind of talk about that every time because you know it's a, it was one of the main things he was saying, and then on one of the last chapels he said, how to love like a champion, and he said if you see a need. You meet it. Uh, if you hear or see a problem, you go fix it. And if you meet someone you can help, you help them. And I think uh, for me that was really important. And I think for the kids in my cabin, I asked them and talked to them. They thought that was important too because you know, with you know, they can 
do all these things. You can, if you see someone that needs help, you help them. You know, anybody can do that. And it just, we had really good conversations in there. And uh, so, and then one of the chapels, uh, Jeff was, is kind of the chapel where he asked, he was uh, challenging them to step in faith with Jesus. And he just said, you know, everyone bow your heads or whatever. And then he said, if you would like to, or he did say so talking, he said, if you would like to accept Jesus, please stand up. And you could hear a ton of chairs just creaking and a bunch of kids shuffling. You know there's a bunch of kids that stood up. And it was just really encouraging and cool thing just to know that, you know, there's a bunch of kids that stood up and were willing to take that step. And then also during wrestling camp, uh, I'm not a wrestler, but so when they do wrestling sessions, they'd be like two hours long or something. So I basically had a free time to do kind of whatever I want. You know, a few times I went fishing and the other times, you know, you could just watch them and just look how much fun they're having. You're also having fun because, you know, you just get to watch kids wrestle and do the things that they love to do. Uh, and I also have a funnier story from junior camp. Uh, on one of the days we went swimming, and it was, it was a little bit windy, but not too terrible, but one of these kids, they left a tube out in the lake, and it started floating away, and then some kids, oh, look, a tube, and it's way out in the lake. And so I was like, oh, it's not that far. I could probably swim and get it. So I started swimming, and uh, Brennan Hood started swimming with me. A little later, Sebastian Cardona started swimming out there, too. And then the wind picked up a little bit, and it started blowing it farther. And I was like, oh, man, this, we can get there. It's not too far. I was pretty close, and then I started swimming, and the wind just blew it away. And I was like, well, I looked back, and the dock's way back there. And I looked over, and the tube's way out there, and I'm kind of right in the middle. And, you know, I was tired because I never swam that much. And then... I was kind of wait. I was wondering if Kaylin or someone was going to get the jet ski, and turns out Faith went and got the jet ski. She drives over, picks up the tube, gives it to us. Bye. She drives back to Grandma's house. <laughs> so she left us with a tube to swim back to the dock. Uh, but yeah, I guess. Uh, but camps are just a lot of fun. If you're a young person and you're looking for a opportunity to go in ministry, just you know, this is a great opportunity to be a camp counselor and it's just so much fun you learn a lot you help kids learn stuff and it's just a great way to uh, be a light so that's all I got hi I'm Jocelyn Whiff and I was very blessed to get the opportunity to counsel a camp this summer I wasn't sure if it was going to happen with COVID and whatnot and I went into counseling thinking that I was going to be the one blessing the kids but what really happened was they blessed me more. And I got to counsel at junior plus camp and day camp. I wanted to do like all of them, of course, because camp is the best place to be. But I'm just grateful for the time I did get to spend there. Camp has always been what I look forward to most about summer because you get to see your friends and learn about Jesus and see people you don't get to see anywhere else. And I was so excited to be able to give back to camp after all the years that I've gone as a camper. Um, at day camp this summer, I had this little boy on my team. He's like Brady's age, right? He's like eight. He was difficult is the best word I can come up with for that. <laughs> he didn't want to do any of the, the activities we had planned for the kids. He wanted to do his own thing. It took a lot of convincing on my part and the other counselors on my team just to get him to walk from one thing to the next. And he was super stubborn, which did not go well with me because I'm also stubborn. <laughs> the first day, he didn't even want to eat lunch, which confused me very much because what little kid doesn't like food? 
And it took a lot of convincing to get him to do literally anything. It wore me out. And I began to get really frustrated with the fact that I couldn't get him to do anything that he was supposed to do or like get through to him. Like he won't open up to me about anything, even though I spend the majority of the week with him. On Wednesday, by the time travel came, I was just exhausted and just ready to go home. And the speaker talked about what love looks like that day. And all I took away was three words. The kids probably remember more than that. But I remembered three words. Love is action. I even wrote it on my hand that day in the next to remind me. And it's true. Love is action. You can tell someone you love them or you care about them as much as you want. But, until you, but showing them means so much more. I began to show this little boy that I cared about him, not just through what I said, but also what I did. And Thursday, he asked me to sit by him in chapel and even had me help him find the Bible verse, which made my day so much better. But it wasn't me getting through to him. It wasn't me making him smile. Because when we are exhausted and frustrated and don't have anything or any of our own energy left to give, that's when we learn to rely on Jesus for his strength because we can't do it on our own. Hi, I'm Julie. Um, grew up going to camp. I loved camp, um, and I've counseled a few years. Uh, the funny thing with kids is that somehow each summer they they seem to pick out you know brother and sisters, and then they always think they're dating. Every time by the end, there's a little rumor. Well, this year's new. Ben and I get paired lots, but this year the kids thought we were married. So. <laughs> And we had a kid, apparently, so that was, that was a new one. I guess we're getting a little old for this, maybe. I don't think either of us were even really supposed to be able to counsel this year with, um, with everything going on. We ended up at home doing school, so that was really exciting to actually be able to be at camp and to counsel, and we, we kind of tag-team the um, nurse part of the job, which was fun to do with Ben. Um, a funny story, this actually happened last year, but I have lots of funny stories, but this one, I don't know why this one stuck out to me, but we were playing a game where the kids are on their teams and they're going to different stations, and essentially whoever, whichever team completes everything first is the winner, so they're always in a big hurry, and I was at a station where everyone, they had to put six people in a canoe, um, row out, row around a buoy or something and come back. And so we told this team what they're supposed to do and these canoes, they have two seats so they easily fit two comfortably. A third person, if they're willing to sit on the bottom, can easily fit 16 campers is a lot of people to put in a canoe. Um, so we told this team what they need to do. They all ran, got their life jackets, all got in the boat and I'm thinking, they're having a really hard time fitting six in that canoe. Like, it, it, it was cramped with the other teams, but this team specifically, and they push out onto the water, and there is this much space between the rim of the boat and the water. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, why is it sinking? And I turn around, and four very small kids are sitting on the shore. They had put their six largest teen campers in this boat to go out to this buoy. We're talking juniors and seniors in high school. It was ridiculous. And they, they did very good. There was lots of screaming and rocking of the boat. And they got all the way out. And they came back. And they almost made it. 
and then they tipped the canoe over and they all went in the lake. And so they were all soaked and they weren't wearing swimsuits, but I think they had a great time. They thought it was really funny and I thought it was funny, but I wasn't in the canoe and I didn't fall in the water. So that was one of my favorite stories. It was very funny to watch. Um, this year, there were a lot of new counselors. And I was kind of sad because my friends that I had grown up with counseling, a lot of them aren't counseling anymore. And so that was pretty sad. But there's so many new ones. And I got to camp and I look and I'm thinking, I had most of you, like your first overnight camp. And they were, and I just remember them as little and now they're all taller than me. And so I started thinking about all the years I had had them as campers and just where they started out when they were little and how every year being able to watch them come to camp and come to grow a little bit closer to God. And it was amazing to watch that progression as kids, but then it was so much more amazing to see them as counselors and to see them take everything that they had grown up learning and to turn around and to pour it into the kids and to see how excited they would get when um, they would be able to lead a kid to Christ or to listen to a kid or even all these stories with Faith and Jocelyn. I mean, I remember when you kids were born, which... <laughs> I used to think was a weird thing to tell someone, but I understand it now. Like, I look at these kids and I remember, I remember when you were born. And just to see them be able to pour back into these kids and see essentially camp come full cycle. So that was, that was really awesome to see this year. I'm Jacob Williams. Uh... One story from camp that really stuck out to me this year was we were doing low ropes, which is like a team building activity at camp that we do like every day. And it was Thursday and actually this kid was like in my cabin. He was a little smaller than everybody else at Junior Plus camp. And we were doing the swing thing where you have to get from each swing across. And he couldn't really do it. So like he had enough and he ran away and I had to go over to him and talk to him. And, like, I tried talking to him and be like, you can do it. You can do it this way. You can do it that way. And then finally I'm like, well, I know he just got saved this week, which was awesome. And then so I'm like, well, let's talk about Jesus. And as soon as I said Jesus and, like, how he's a friend and he can help us through anything, he's like, all right, let's go do it. And then later on we go to this thing called the bucking bull, which is, like, a barrel and ropes. And, like, you have a lot of fun and it's like you're on a bull. And... He gets a little hurt on that, and he runs away again. He's like, I have no friends here. I just want to go home and everything. And I'm like, well, like, I'm your friend here, buddy. And like, he's like, no, you can go inside. Just leave me out here. So again, I'm like, well, I have to go back to Jesus. So I'm like, well, Jesus is your friend. Let's go inside. Let's go. Like, you have a lot of other people here that love Jesus, and they love you. So let's, like, be friends, and Jesus is your friend. He's like, okay, let's go. So, like, one thing that, like, stuck out from that story is, like, we can try to do it ourselves, but we really need Jesus to do it with us. And like, I thought that was really cool because I saw that throughout camp. Like, we tried to do it ourselves, but then God showed, showed us a way to do it his way. And then another story is we were at wrestling camp, and like, I had a bunch of kids from like one school at camp, at wrestling camp in my cabin, and they didn't really know Jesus. I mean, a few of them did. A few of them had like a little understanding of Jesus and like who he is as a person. But after one of the uh, chapels, they come in and they all of a sudden start asking me like questions like, who wrote the Bible? 
like who created God and like all these are like really deep questions. And like I think I had one of the Cardonas in my room and like me and him kind of look at each other and we're like, oh no. <laughs> like how how are we supposed to answer these questions? And like like the Cardona brother we had, uh, I had like helped out a lot and it was really fun. So again, like we just trusted in God and like he showed us what we could do. I'm Beth Duba. I spend most of my time in the kitchen at camp, and, um, and that's a good place to be. That's where God called me to be. We were talking about camp before, you know, back in May when we were trying to decide if we were going to have camp or not. Um, there were many almost sleepless nights thinking about it. But one, one thought stuck out to me is that we're called to do camp. We know that. We felt called to do camp for years. And if we don't do that, then what are we going to do? We have to share the gospel somehow. And everything else seemed way too hard. <laughs> We're going to do something visual on, online or something? No, no, no. That's lame. We've got to have camp. So we're really thankful we had camp. Another thought was there are people all around the world who are taking much greater risks for the gospel. We can do this. God's got this. And we have to go back and say, the Lord was gracious to us. We don't understand why we were f able to have camp all summer long and not really have any problems with the virus. We don't know why that is. We just have to say, God was gracious. He, he held us. He took care of us. And we have to give him the glory for that. Um, one concern I had was that I rely very heavily on volunteers in the kitchen to make it happen. <clears throat> and I didn't feel comfortable asking anyone to volunteer just because of the circumstances. I did ask Janae Hofer if she would work with me in the summer. She came four days a week and I was really grateful for her vision for um, the eternal value of camp and she was willing to to make that commitment, and there were, I counted eight other people from our church that just volunteered, just came up to me and said, can I come and help? And I'm very, very grateful for all of them. One of the huge undertakings we did this summer was having this restaurant in the week of, uh, or the theme day of Around the World. Caitlin said, let's have an Italian restaurant. Well, that sounded really fun, and we took it to great lengths. We redecorated the whole dining room, and um, had a pretty, you know, simple but kind of involved menu because we let the kids order their food. And so then we plated the food in the kitchen and took it out to them, which isn't something we normally do. So it took a lot more hands, and I had a lot of good volunteers for that. But it, you kind of think, well, why do you go to such great lengths? And I just always want the food to be part of our reflection of Christ that he loves you to great lengths, that he wants to provide for you, he wants to bless you, he wants it to be special, because he loves you that much. So that's kind of why we do the restaurant, and probably want to do the restaurant every year from now on, because <laughs> it was really fun, but the counselors made it super um, I'll just tell you two little stories I thought of. I, I don't know how I got connected with this mom. I've never really, I hadn't really met. She was from Sioux Falls. I think maybe because her son was going to have a birthday in the middle of camp and she wanted to make sure that we did something for his birthday. 
So I got her phone number in my phone. I still don't know her name because I just I never put it in my contacts. But a couple of times early in the week, he did something that was really cute, this little boy. And he was interacting with a counselor. And so I would take his picture and I would just text it to her. And I seriously do not have time to do that really during the week. So sorry to all of you that I have not texted cute pictures of your kids. But <laughs> I just texted this mom a few pictures and in the middle of the week she said, oh, I really miss him. It's so quiet here, but I'm so glad that he's learning about our Savior. So that was sweet. And then he did have his birthday, so I took a few more pictures and sent them to her. And at the end of the week she came to pick him up and she came purposely and told me, thank you so much for sending me those pictures. She said, it's been a really hard year. I had to separate from my husband, who's not a believer, and I've been feeling just so much guilt and feeling like, am I doing the right thing for these boys? And, and just your pictures helped me to realize that God's got this, that he cares about them, he's watching over them, he's taking care of them. And um, let's see, I had one more story. <laughs> oh, someone in our church encouraged a little guy, her, her neighbor, to come to camp last year. Made sure that he got his form filled out, and, and I don't know if she helped him pay or not, but she really wanted this little neighbor boy to come to camp. And she made a point of telling me, he has a habit of lying. And I'm not really sure what she, she just wanted me to know, guess maybe in case he tried to pull something on us or something. But um, I remember that he asked Jesus in his heart last year at camp. And then this summer he came back and one day he came up to me and he said, the person in the store made a mistake. He said, they wrote down that I have $6 and I only have $2. This is how much I spent. And I just love those little glimpses of seeing that kids are growing and changing and, and God is making a difference in their life, in, even though we don't get to see them all throughout the year, maybe. So that was encouraging to me. The last thing I want to share is this verse that I've been meditating on a lot lately. It says, um, I want to just quote it. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess for he who promised is faithful. And if you just think about a few promises that he has made to us, that he loves us, that he will never leave us, that he's coming back, those are things we can hang on, and those are some things that helped us all through the summer. Um, I just cannot say thanks enough for these counselors and for everybody that's helped at camp. Um, that's what makes camp is all the people that pitch in and make it happen. Um, I know that I was kind of stressed before camp and when Ben and Julie said that they would try to help take care of the medical stuff and screen kids and take temperatures, we took temperatures of kids five times during the week. You know, every day we took their temperatures to monitor them and they all helped that and I just really appreciate that. So let's just uh, close this time in prayer and just thank God for camp. Father, thank you so much uh, for how you use camp this summer. We pray that those seeds that have been planted will continue to grow and that kids will continue to grow in those steps that they made in faith towards you. Thank you for this time and thank you for blessing us this summer. In Jesus' name, amen.
think Anthony gave us 15 minutes, so I'm sorry. It's <laughs> all right. a lot longer than that. That's great. It's good to hear. Um, kind of just a, a transition here. Like we said, Caitlin um, went to Thailand, um, and it seems like forever ago. Um, but so just kind of, we're just going to kind of do an interview style so you can kind of get a glimpse of um, what she got to experience and what God showed her. So Caitlin, when, where, and why um, for your trip to Thailand? Um, so I went to Thailand in January and a little bit of February to be with Spencer and Diane's kids. They work in Central Asia. And so I just went to homeschool them and hang out with them while their parents were there for training and missionary planning, that kind of stuff. So I went as a global servant through Multiply. So tell us some of the highlights of your trip then there. Yeah, so I have three highlights. This is um, the lady I stayed with, her name is Jill. She's from Canada. And that was actually one of the highlights, just seeing um, a normal missionary life for a month. It was, it was shockingly so much like our lives. <laughs> she has a, an eight to five job and she brings home on her laptop and um, she works in a ministry, but it's mainly her goal is to just whoever she can make friends with, that's who she's sharing Jesus with. So the person she buys groceries from and her yoga instructor and her language teacher, that's who she shares Jesus with. And so that looked a lot like my life. I'm like, oh, so the people that I see at Walmart and the people that I coach and the people, those are the people I need to share Jesus with. So, um, so of course, being with Spencer and Diane and their kids was awesome. This is us together. They're so fun. Um, so thank you to everyone who donated to give them like a special trip while they were in Thailand as a family. So we got to go with another missionary family they had been serving with to these floating restaurants. And there's like a water park in the middle of this lake and it was really beautiful. Um, so it was a cool time for them to get away and just talk with this other missionary couple and be encouraged. Um, so thank you for everyone who gave to that. I'm not pointing it in the right direction or it's not going. Anyways. Um, so we went to, on lots of field trips with the kids. We went to a silk museum and um, an insect museum. Oh, there they go. You can keep going through them, I think. And one of my favorite things was just doing Bible time with them. Um, we talked a lot about prayer together. Um, Diane was like, they really only get to hear about Jesus from Spencer and I, because they live in a very remote place. Like, they only get Jesus from us. They don't, they want them to see that, um, how worth it it is from someone else. <laughs> and so we talked a lot about prayer, and one day I had them write as many things as they could about that they were thankful for, and um, it, in a short amount of time, and then they're really smart, so they're like, we should categorize the things that we're thankful for, and I was like, well, yeah, sure, go for it. I'm gonna go make lunch, and so they're sitting there categorizing. At the end of lunch, they're like, we forgot, like, in all seriousness, Levi was like, we forgot a whole category. We forgot breakfast foods, and so they like, start writing all of them down. They're super smart and very fun, so. Um, okay, last highlight of my trip, I think, was probably the last day I was in Thailand. It was the hardest day, I woke up and found out that Trent Hofer, my boyfriend, had passed away in a skiing accident. And so um, Andy and Carmen and the Spencer and Diane came over and my roommate Jill and I have, we prayed and worshiped together. I don't think I've ever 
thought God was so worthy of praise. It was the weirdest. <laughs> like, you wouldn't think that in that circumstance, you would think God was so worthy. Um, and just worship felt so sweet, and like, um, scripture had never been so full of hope, <laughs> really. Um, so we, we prayed, and we sang a lot, and then I had, I had wanted to make my own friend in Thailand. I was like, no one's going to introduce me to this person. I'm going to meet them. So everybody has their own little shop out of their house, right, that they sell one thing or a couple things. And so I met this lady named Ba, and I would try to go there every day and get a snack and try and use the, like, two new words of Thai that I had learned. <laughs> um, and so I went with Carmen, and she translated for me, um, and we shared the gospel with Ba. I said, you know, my best friend has just died. I'm not coming back to get any snacks, but I can't leave Thailand without telling you, like, the hope of Jesus. And for Buddhist people, that's huge. They, they worry all of their lives about what will happen after they die. They pray a lot about it. They make sacrifices. And just to be able to share the hope and see right away that God does not waste pain. Like, um, we get to share Jesus and the hope that we have. So, Awesome. Um, so what's something then you learned while you were there in that short time? Yeah, um, I think a lot of it is, like, I remember just fumbling around trying to do something. Like, I couldn't speak any Thai, you know, I'm, like, not that great at teaching. I love the kids, uh, you know, I'm not really that smart. And just trying to do things and realizing, like, the things we try and do for God is not how he values us, really, at all. Like, if I can't speak any Thai, that's okay. He can still use me in... Um, so I think we place a lot of our value that's on what we can do, and that's not how God sees us. Um, and kind of like I said before, just um, that missionary life is a lot like ours, <laughs> really. Cool. So um, obviously their church and their culture probably looks a little different than ours. Um, what is something that impressed you about their culture and their church? Um, yeah. I think one thing, so I went to quite a few churches in Chiang Mai. It's kind of a hub for missionaries. Um, but all of them, their earnestness for the gospel and in prayer. And um, I've seen that word more and more in the Bible in the last few years. One of the verses that I like is, the end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. And no matter what church I went to, they were just so hungry for righteousness. Like, I remember just everyone standing, and in Thailand, they all pray at the same time, right? And just them all begging God for forgiveness for Chiang Mai. Like, um, they would say, they, they would repent for their own sins and for the sins of their whole city, and it's huge. And just crying out for Jesus, their earnestness for that righteousness. That's neat. So what did you learn from the missionaries themselves while you were there? Yeah, um, so many things. <laughs> um, I actually wanted to share with you guys, um, so every missionary that I met, which I met tons, because um, it's a good place to get, Chiang Mai is a really good place to get American food and get your visa renewed and stuff like that. So um, I asked um, every missionary, what is something you would want the church in America to know, or how can we, we care for you better? What would you want us to know? And I just started asking a few people, and then my roommate, Jill, every time we met someone who's like, ask them your questions, ask them your questions. Okay, okay. So they really do want to be heard. I just thought that was cute. She's like, ask them your questions. 
Um, but overall, every person that I asked um, said something along the lines of, we really want a relationship with you. Like we send a prayer update or something and we don't hear anything back. We don't know if anybody got it. And um, they said, even if you just text back, I got it, I'm so glad about this or I've prayed for this or um, something along those lines. Andy said once, he's like, some people, they send me an email and they say, well, we haven't heard from you in a while, Andy. What's going on? And he's like, he's like I just want to say, well, I haven't heard from you in a while either. <laughs> so that was one thing. If you can get them on email or WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger, like Sandy Fender, she has Facebook Messenger. We all do that, right? So um, yeah, if you can just, if you pray for them, text them. It's a huge, huge deal to them. Um, I met this amazing girl named Tova. She's 12. She could have been 40. She was um, just so wise. Her family lives in China, very restricted area. And I learned so much from her. She said, basically, we want people to know that we're very normal. <laughs> She's like, the only reason we're in China is because they don't have access to Jesus. She's like, we work at a coffee plant, and we just try and share Jesus. We want you to know that we're really normal. Um, Let's see. Andy said, ask um, if we have special projects. Like one time they wanted to get sweatshirts for all the girls they visit in prison. Sandy Fender goes there. They want to get sweatshirts when it was cold for them. <laughs> and so um, stuff like that. Um, this couple named John and Bonnie said that if you would be an advocate for us helping to raise money, they said it's really hard to raise money. And um, if you just be on their side, and um, they said, we often feel forgotten, especially after three years, they said, really feel forgotten. And uh, my friend Bethany said, we'd love to have a phone call or chat with you and ask for partnership, accountability, and for us to share our hopes and dreams with you. She said, if you, that's a great question to ask. What are you dreaming for the people that are with you? What are you hoping for them? Um, so those are some things if you I know so many of you pray for missionaries. Thank you. And so if you can text them or email them, that's awesome. Awesome. Those are good. So anything else you want to say about your trip? Um, I don't know if I missed one thing, but I don't think so. Um, <laughs> I wanted to get through these pictures. Do you want to just click through them? Yeah. yeah. They wanted to make videos all the time, Claire and Isaac and Levi. So this is them. We made the whole story of Moses. That's just like... Uh, I don't know, 40 years in the wilderness, 40 years there, 40 years, it was like so many years. So <laughs> that was exhausting, but that's one picture of them. They made their own costumes. Uh, you wanna go ahead next? I don't know if I can do it. I think you guys will have to click through it. I think the You're in control, you have complete control. Um, oh, the next one is of me holding a tarantula. I had to be as brave as the kids. This is us making paper at this museum. Uh, yeah, that was a tarantula. Riding in the back of the van. It's just us together. We spent, this is all the missionaries that were there with me the last day. And this is one of the really small tribal churches that I was a part of. And this is kind of the larger church. They did everything in Thai, but you could listen with English. This is me on my bike. And there, I think that's the last one. So. Um, just thank you guys for all your prayers and support for Thailand and for me coming home and from Trent and everything. So you guys, it's so amazing to be a part of you guys, something bigger than life and death. So Awesome. Thanks, Caitlin. <clears throat>
Just a couple quick thoughts um, as we close. Um, if you don't know, I mean, it's, it's amazing. The, the more, the longer I'm here, obviously, the more history I get of Bethesda Church, um, and the more I realize the rich history that missions support has played in this church. I don't know if you know, if you're not, if you're newer to church, or um, this is your first time, but if you go out this door right here, I mean, that wall um, is all missionaries that we support financially and through prayer at Bethesda Church. I think I counted it up this week. Uh, there's 33 different either families, individuals, or um, organizations that we support uh, from Bethesda Church, and that's great. It's amazing. Um, and I know many of you, That's that doesn't include, I know there are multiple of people in this church that you support either these people or other people um, through your own prayers and financial giving. Um, and it's just great, um, just a, re a reminder um, that that's important, like sharing the gospel with the world is important. Um, you know, there's a couple different ways we kind of look at missionaries, and one of the ways I think it was um, shortly after Pastor Roy got here and he brought Dr. Kroll, I think was his name, um, and he kind of, yeah, I think he was the one that kind of gave us this idea, the fact that really the missionaries that we support are like extended staff of Bethesda Church, um, because I, uh, you know, because I'm here and I can't go to Thailand, or because you have a job here, or whatever it is, um, and you can't go to several, or these different places, we're able to um, support people that can do those things, and that's amazing, it's awesome, and I'm just so grateful for that, um, but I also, there's two ways, I think, same, Dr. Cole, I think that missions, you know, you can, you can send, um, which involves financial and prayer support, or you can go. And I think before you write off the fact, oh, I can't go, um, I've got this, 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 these five, ten different reasons that I can't go and do what they do. What, I mean, Caitlin said, they're, they're not extra spiritual, amazing people. Yes, they are, but... Um, you are too. Like you can do those things because you have Christ in you. Um, and if you surrender to him and he, he can use you to do exactly what you hear um, these stories that these missionaries can do. Um, so don't write yourself off. Um, I, I couldn't find the lyrics to this song. Maybe it doesn't even exist. Maybe it was just a dream I had at one point. But I'm pretty sure it was from a, a group that came to our high school when I was um, in high school. And they sang this song. Um, it was kind of along those lines of, Lord, here am I, but send Aaron. You know, Moses. He's like, and Moses like, you know, my, my brother's a lot better speaker than I am. And it was, it was kind of the, it was kind of funny because, you know, you got, God would come to this guy and, you know, here's an opportunity for you to serve. And he'd say, oh, I've, you know, I come up with my excuses and God would come to him again in the next verse. And here's a different opportunity for you to serve. And he's got all these excuses. And the next verse, well, in the last verse, um, uh, just kind of the last little tag ending, it says, you know, God comes to him and says, yeah, there's this opportunity to, for, um, there's this opportunity to serve in Hawaii, but I sent Aaron, right? <laughs> so, but just to just encourage you to not um, give up on yourself and to not think that because of your circumstances or where you're at that God can't use you. I think Faith even said it. Um, God, and we've been talking about it, in Judges, God calls unexpected leaders and he puts you in opportunities. He, he gives you opportunities um, to share the gospel and the hope and the love 
um, either where you're at or maybe he wants you to go somewhere else around the world. Um, so uh, thank you guys for all of you for sharing this morning. So I'm just going to close in prayer and then we'll let you out of here. Heavenly Father, we're thankful that your gospel is powerful. It has um, power to, uh, to make our dead hearts alive, um, to give us hope um, and to help us to be, uh, just gives us that opportunity to know you and be loved by you and be adopted into your family. And it's so amazing. And so um, we ask that you would remind us of that um, today and as the week goes on um, and the weeks turn into months, uh, that we would be always remembering um, to share what you have done in and through us and through Jesus Christ, your son, uh, with those around us. And we just ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. If you would like to know more about Bethesda Church, you can check us out on the web by going to our website, which is BethesdaMB.org. That's Bethesda, M as in Mary, B as in boy, dot org. Or check us out on Facebook by searching for Bethesda Church of Huron. Have a blessed day.